history nerds and historians. My name is Christina and this is Effed Up Cryptozoology. This is where we talk about a little bit about a cryptid that's super fucked up because it is the 12 days of Cryptmas. So today we're going to go down under. Uh, I, I promise I won't do a bad Australian accent the whole time. But crikey, we're going to talk about a real beauty. Um, I, I wasn't even going to attempt to do an Australian accent uh, on that one. But in my slightly southern accent, I will tell you uh, about my Patreon, uh, which I have. Uh, there is a link in the description if you'd like to join it because mommy needs to make some money. So um, today we're going to go down under, like I said, to talk about uh, two Australian cryptids that are very interesting. This is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, but like when I read about the first one, I couldn't not tell you about it. So the first one we're going to talk about is the Yaramayahu. Um, but because there's not really a lot that I could find about that, I'm also going to tell you a little bit about the drop bear, which is kind of like a similar creature that has like a whole other story kind of behind it. So without further ado, sit back, relax and practice your, oh good God, what the fuck faces? So the Yarmayahu originates in Aboriginal folklore. It is basically described like a, a, a small little red vampiric frogman, basically, which uh, if, if you've gathered anything of how I am as a person, you would know why I felt the need to immediately tell you all about this. So the Yarmayahu uh, is about four feet tall with red hair and red skin. It has a rounded belly and a large mouth with no teeth. So it kind of looks like a giant frog on these like two skinny legs with like two little skinny arms. It has a jaw that is kind of like a snake's in that it can open a lot wider to consume things that are, you know, bigger than its head size. Some sources I read said that it can unhinge their jaw like a snake, but as a snake owner, I feel like I have an obligation to inform you that snakes don't actually unhinge their jaws. Their jaws are just built different than most mammals and other reptiles and um, they have like a like an extra bone or, or something in it that allows them to just like open their mouth really wide um, but they don't actually unhinge their jaws maybe the armiyahu can unhinge its jaw i'm not totally sure about that but to say it has a jaw like a snake just means it can open up its mouth really wide uh not that it can unhinge its jaw because that doesn't exist the more you know <laughs> learning time with christina um so the armiyahu is described uh like I said, and at the end of its like tiny little skinny arms, uh, it has little fingers. And on the end of those fingers are these little suckers that look kind of like an octopus sucker. Uh, and it also has these at the end of its toes as well. So the Yarmiyahu lives in treetops. They're most often said to be live in the fig tree in Australia. And that's where they wait for their unsuspecting victims. So when a human, most likely. Uh, most of the time, their victims are human. So when a human walks under the tree, that's when the Yarmiyahu attacks. It it drops down onto the person and it latches on to the person's arm with the little suckers on its on its fingers and its toes, and it starts draining the blood 
out of the human. And once it's had its fill, it detaches. But the Yaramiyahu is not done at that point. It makes sure to never drain enough blood to actually kill the person. It'll leave them there, go for a stroll, build up a little bit of an appetite, and then go back and swallow the person whole. Just one bite. And then it'll like do a little dance <laughs> to make sure that the, the giant person is sort of like secured in, the, in their little tummy. And then it'll go to the stream, get a nice drink of water and take a little nap. And then when it wakes up, it will vomit the person back out, who is hypothetically still alive, then check multiple times to make sure the person is not like actually dead. Uh, just like, see if they're just pretending to be dead, which involves like poking them with a stick and tickling them. One source I read said that if the Yarmahu didn't do this, then it would like, the fig tree would like kill the Yarmiyahu. <laughs> like the spirit of the fig tree would like make it go insane and then kill itself. I, I'm not totally sure. It, it didn't make much sense to me, but um, that's like the, the story that they told. If the person is not dead, then the creature will repeat this process over and over and over again. And each time the Yarmiyahu does this to a person, the person gets shorter and shorter and more red each time until they become a Yarmiyahu themselves. <laughs> um, and that is the story of the Yarmiyahu. See, it's very short, like I said. So another Australian creature that's said to also live in the trees and drop to attack the unsuspecting victim is the drop bear. So the drop bear isn't actually a bear. It's related to a koala, which isn't actually a bear. So a lot of times people will call it a koala bear, but it's not a bear. It's just a koala. It's just cute like a teddy bear. But no, it's they're They're quite vicious at times uh, when they are when they are in drop bear form. So it's described as a large marsupial the size of a leopard with coarse orange fur. It has powerful arms and is heavily built. It doesn't have canine teeth, but it does have incredibly powerful premolars that it uses to bite its prey. So it lives in the treetops where it waits for its victim. And because of this, it's usually found in more densely forested regions in southeastern Australia, although there are some reports of them being seen all around southern Australia in the Mount Loft ranges and on Kangaroo Island. They're said to hunt by waiting in the trees for as long as four hours, just watching the person or the thing that they're trying to attack. And then when they're ready, they drop up to eight meters, which is over 26 feet to my American friends, which tends to stun the prey when they hit them. And then they bite its neck and they slowly consume it. If the prey is small enough, it'll bring it back up into the trees to eat it in, in primacy because it doesn't like to be looked at. But if not, it'll just like chill on the ground and, and eat whatever it needs to. Um, for humans, there have been no reports of fatal attacks, which I don't know how when it's like a drop of 26 feet. But most people who have reported being attacked by a drop bear have minor lacerations or small bites, but most are considered accidental drops. Now, Australians will tell you that there are ways to repel the drop bear, which includes having a fork in your hair for, you know, when it falls uh, or to put Vegemite behind your ears, or even like toothpaste behind your ears, because it's said that the drop bear is fake. It's a hoax. <laughs> There's no such thing as a drop bear. It was made up to scare tourists because tourists are so afraid of Australia. Now, I'm originally from Florida, which I always jokingly say is like the Australia of the United States where like everything wants to kill you. There are, you know, alligators and crocodiles and giant snakes and swamp apes <laughs> and mosquitoes and spiders the size of your face. So for me, like, I'm not really scared of Australia. But now that I live in Massachusetts and I tell people like, oh yeah, 
you know, I grew up on a lake where there were alligators and all the time, people would be like, um, that sounds terrifying. And I'm like, you they're, they're swamp kitties. They they hiss at you if you get too close. And then they go on their way. Like, they're, they're adorable. What are you talking about? That sounds terrifying. Like, I miss alligators so much. And, like, very homesick for that aspect of Florida. But, um... I'm, I'm going to tell you that, like, if you go to Florida and if you live in Florida, it's not it's not the alligators and the crocodiles and the snakes that you need to be scared of. It's the politicians <laughs> and the conservatives that have flocked to Florida uh, since COVID. It's it, it's it's that that you really need to truly really be scared of uh, if you go to Florida. But People who aren't from places like that, where, you know, everything feels like it's trying to kill you, including the people in charge, um, <laughs> are kind of scared of Australia. You know, they're a little scared of um, what might lurk in Australia. You know, they're scared of the crocodiles and their alligators and the giant snakes and the giant spiders in the corner and all that kind of thing. So to add to it even more, to say like, you can't even walk outside because there's a drop bear. There's a giant koala creature the size of a leopard that could drop 26 feet to just crash onto you. I mean, that is terrifying. That's terrifying. Um, so it was just made up to scare tourists. Although there are some researchers that do think that during the middle Miocene period, which was like 16 million years to 11.6 million years ago, there were giant creatures that they described like koalas on steroids that they believed would hang upside down in the trees and occasionally lose their footing and come crashing down to the ground. But if you lived in Australia during the middle Miocene period, um, these would not have been <laughs> the things that you would be scared of. In my opinion, these are the least of your worries. Um, when there were things like flesh eating kangaroos, climbing crocodiles, and the giant toothed platypus, which actually, that actually sounds adorable. I, I am white enough to want to go pet that. So <laughs> that is all that we have for today. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, please consider subscribing or leaving a review or joining my Patreon. And remember friends, history may be watching you. So don't fuck it up and be careful in the woods because there might be drop bears or no. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>